Hey, before we hit this episode, I just want to let you know how amazing you are, and I hope you have the most fantastic day ever, and don't forget to be yourself and be safe. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of Secrets in the Saddle, All Things Cyclists with your host, Sylvie Daou, here in beautiful Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And we have this amazing lady. I don't know where I'm finding them from the UK. This is Vera Gossi Sambrook. She was actually referred to the podcast by a previous podcaster, Chris Knott, who is um, working in uh, Malawi and he does cycling and insurance. So you have to go check out that episode. But Vera has a really cool story. And before we get bring her out. I'm just going to give a little bit of background on her. Um, She's a mechanical engineer. Her name, uh, she's, well, we could tell her she's 28 years old. (laughs) She's awesome. Um, And she describes herself as an adventure endurance cyclist. And this is, this is something that's intrigued me recently. Uh, She got into cycling four years ago through tandem riding. And I'm not going to go much into that because that's part of her story but she her aim is to help increase uh, representation of black women in cycling while sharing her experience on social media and encouraging others to push their boundaries so before we bring her out make sure you go follow her on instagram and myself she's at pedaling to and fro but i think you can just google her or search for her and you'll find her and then myself So Vera, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvie. (laughs) All right. Oh, I'm so happy to have you because like I was saying, adventure endurance cyclists is kind of, I've been thinking a lot more about that uh, the more I talk to people. And it's great to talk to a woman about this. (laughs) So Let's start by how you got into cycling, because there's a little bit here, but yeah, how did you, how did, how did that come about? Um, so I had just finished university, um, it's moved to uh, cities to start a graduate job. Um, and I started working at this engineering firm where there are a lot of very um, sort of cycling enthusiasts. And each year they uh, organize this charity ride called Engineers for Overseas Development to raise money. Um, for um, charity projects in Africa and um, so yeah I was I just started dating this guy at the time who had done this charity ride the year before and he was like oh do you want to do you want to do this you know charity ride that we do every year I was like no I've not ridden a bike since I was like less than 10 what am I doing like cycling across the country doing 210 miles it was over a weekend like over two days oh wow they said to me, what if I get uh, a tandem? I was like, what's a tandem? It's like, oh, it's this bike. It's got two seats and you do nothing on the back and you can just like <laughs> lounge around and I'll, I'll take you around the country. You lounge and... around. You're like, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, okay. you've, got, you've got my attention now. <laughs> I can just sort of sip Prosecco champagne in the back and, and sort yes, of, you know. That's right. The umbrella. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it was sold to me. Um, I was quite naive and I was like, oh, you know, you, you don't want to say no to someone you're dating and you just started dating and you're sort of going along with everything yeah. so that's how that's how it started <laughs> so you- I think I better google this what is tandem cycling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a few months later that's how I found myself on the back of this rickety tandem um 
cycling across the country on this charity ride and it was a lot of hard work I was being shouted at at the back like you put in some power and you know <laughs> you're like excuse me I thought this like you were gonna take care of yeah yeah that's what I thought and uh we were having all these punctures and just stuck in the middle of nowhere with sheep staring at us because Wales is full of sheep <laughs> and it was just this stupid stupid uh, adventure but somehow I didn't really hate it it was like this is stupid but it's actually a bit of fun <laughs> but I think I like it <laughs> yeah so so that's sort of that's how it started so I got to the end of this thing thinking yeah that was stupid but actually I think I kind of maybe liked it <laughs> whoa um, yeah so um, I didn't, I didn't immediately sort of get into it. I, um, cause I used to do another sport. I used to play football a lot. So I went, mm -hmm. I left the cycling, went back to sort of football, but I got injured in football. And that's how I ended up circling back uh -huh. due to like rehab and low impact sports and things. So it was only like, you know, almost a year after that event that I looked at cycling and, and started getting into it. Were they like, here you have to get on a bike to rehab your injury? Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> having these flashbacks. I remember that bike experience. <laughs> yeah. Was that felt like a dream? Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh my God, no. <laughs> you that are scare you completely away. So, so that event. Sorry, I had to ask. So that event was biking across Wales, like from yeah, one so side to the other, from like north to south of Wales. So it was about. 200 over 200 miles um uh, in two days and it was in two you know, days yeah and it was a group of about 50 of us and we were the only <laughs> he's now my husband he was my boyfriend of three months at the time <laughs> um, well well you know it's forever <laughs> when that happens <laughs> we, we didn't fall out so we thought that was a good start um <laughs> but yeah so so we managed to do that we didn't finish but we got to, we did the first day and then just had too many punctures by the middle of the second day but I did about two-thirds of the distance anyway uh, oh my god well that's awesome <laughs> okay so fast forward yeah you're back into on the bike you're like okay so how did you start rolling yourself or how did the the endurance part start yeah so 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 the first that first ride with the tandem that was about four years ago and then a year after that um I mentioned I was going through rehab for my knee and started mm -hmm. you know going on a static bike in the in the gym and then I thought oh I, I wanted to get my own sort of bike based my, my own road bike because I wanted whilst we had the tandem I did want a bit of that independence and sort of you know building my own confidence so I just bought a, a road bike and I wanted to cycle with people and meet, you know, meet, meet friends, meet, um, meet people. And I joined a cycling club. So really it was sort of casual weekend riding for two, three hours. And it was most, mostly involved cake and cafes, which is what most club riding here in the UK is like. I don't know what it's like. There like that here too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was, in it, I was in it for the cake. So it would be, you know, <laughs> not, not very far, um, probably 15, 20 mile rides to a cafe um, and that sort of thing. So that's what I did for about two, three years until um, COVID hit last year. Oh, so, good old COVID. Yeah, so COVID came al along and we were stuck at home and I think we were only allowed to exercise and I thought, oh, you know, so the bike was the escape. And suddenly I just wanted to get, you know, when you're stuck in four walls and you're in your house the whole time and yeah. I just wanted to be out for longer. And I think that's what pushed me to get out. I just wanted to, if I could just get out of the house and be on my bike for the whole day, that was like an escape. Um, so yes, yeah, so I just started pushing it a bit and just doing, um, just cycling for a bit longer. And I found that I, I really enjoyed that. It just allowed mm -hmm. me to sort of get into a meditative state and just, you know, I'm not pushing too hard. Like I'm not doing an intense one hour session. It's just a long day on your bike and you're looking at the scenery and you're just enjoying yourself. Uh -huh. um, so that's, that's what I got into. And, and so, yeah, um, through that process, I started, you know, in the back of my mind thinking, oh, you know, I'd love to do something big because I, I, I joined Instagram, like I started an Instagram page uh -huh. um, as part of this and started coming across all these crazy people who are doing stupid endurance rides and I've heard about <laughs> like transcontinental races or you know the mm. Trans Am and all these things like what 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 is that 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm starting to look at some in the United, well, even here in Canada. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's how, so that's how I went along. And, but it wasn't something I was, I was thinking maybe in the future at some point, I'd love to do a big, a big event. Um, here in the UK, there's a distance, the Land's End, it's called Land's End to John O'Groats. And it's just the, it's a long distance cycling route from the tippity top uh, or to the, the right. bottom of the, of the UK. And, right. and it's about, oh, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's about 860 miles it is. I wow. Think. So it's um, like, 1200 kilometers yeah 12, yeah i don't know which oh sorry yeah I, I normally work in kilometers so i'm converting everything to miles because oh I think yeah that's work in kilometers i know we're in the can we're in canada oh great excellent i love si units yes it's <laughs> <laughs> about 1100 1200 kilometers um and so i thought oh that i'd love to do that one day um and so that i had that as a, as a goal in the future but i didn't put any goal any sort of target or time frame on it um but yeah so um what then happened was um through instagram this thing came along called the ultra distance scholarship someone had come up with this idea yeah. i was going to i was going to ask you about that um like, what is that yeah yeah so i was just chatting on instagram through instagram live because i sort of as i said started this instagram page and i was it was more like my diary my cycling diary because i used to have a personal page but i was boring all my friends with all my cycling stuff so i thought i'll just start a separate page <laughs> and, and, and find a community on there and see if you know there are other people who you know shared interests um mm -hmm. And, and, and so it, it just grew and I started meeting this, finding this community, getting, because where I am is not very ethnically diverse. Um, you know, I've been here for four or five years and I'm the only black person in my club of hundreds of people and, and that sort of thing. So I was like looking mm -hmm. for, are there other people? Are there other black women cycling? <laughs> and I found them on the internet. But anyway, so I came across this ultra distance scholarship um, at the end of last year, the end of 2020. Um, someone had come up with this thing and it was des designed for um to get more black and ethnic minority people into what this um ultra distance or endurance cycling so is that was, just where you are or is that um, yeah so this is all global. this is the, i think it was targeted at the uk okay so yes yeah, so it was a uk wide sort of someone come up with a scholarship and um it was, you know, get someone who's sort of, you know, quite new to it. Cause I was, I was, I was riding some long distances, but no, never done anything multi-day or, you know, mm -hmm. anything um, massive. And so this opportunity was, you were going to be entered into this big race called the Pan-Celtic race, which goes through the Celtic nation. So it was you know, Ireland, England, Wales, and um, it's a 2000 mm -hmm. kilometer, at the time it was 2,600 kilometer race. Um, when the scholarship came out, it's 2,600 kilometers across three countries. And they were gonna enter you for that race. So free entry to the race. They're gonna provide you with a coach. So um, to train you and get you from, you know, just casual cyclists doing 100K rides. That was where I was at. I was like, you know, on a good weekend, I'd do 100K and that would be like, wow, that's, that's mega for me. Um, that's good. <laughs> and they were also <laughs> providing a custom built bike that's built for, oh endurance um bike packing bags and the whole the whole you know <laughs> wow sign me up can yeah. i go <laughs> i was you know i looked at this i thought 2600 kilometers no way but then there was new bike and i thought ooh, <laughs> coach hmm. yeah yeah and i was like okay Here. did i get yeah. to keep yeah no, I exactly I didn't really I ignored the the physical the tough bit yeah. I thought I love I'd love a new bike I'd love all these so other stuff <laughs> how long would you have to do that in as fast as you can <laughs> so it was a race and you had well the uh, uh, so the distance eventually changed down to 2,000 kilometers because of COVID restrictions and where we could go but the finishing party for this event was in 10 days so on the 10th the, the, the okay so you had 10 days to get 2000 kilometers so it's 200 kilometers a day yeah yeah Roughly, but yeah. the faster so that you know you could do it a lot faster than that um or you could do it slower but you just would miss sort of the big grand sort of you know yeah yeah <laughs> finish party um so yeah so I, I applied for this 
I didn't think I'd get it because I was like, I'm really not much of a an endurance cyclist. I'm not going to get it. But my husband was like, you're going to talk yourself out of it. Just put in your application now. And just <laughs> and like, good old hubby. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I'll do it for you. So yeah. Then- yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And he just said, just put it in and forget about it. So I did that. And that was December last year. And I thought, I'm not going to get it. And I spent a month, forget- I forgot about it. And it was literally New Year's Day. I got an email to say, you know, there were over, you know, 80 or odd applicants for this. And you're, we've chosen you. You're the, you're the scholarship winner. And I thought, oh, like, what have I done? What have I done? I didn't, I didn't think I'd get this. Now I'm like, I, I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to do Where's this. Where's that and coach? This, yeah. yeah. So this is New Year's Day of this year. And suddenly I'm, you know, a, signed up to this event in six months time that's 2000 2000 kilometers yeah I've never ridden multiple days never done any of that and and I was absolutely just panicked um but also thinking wow this is this is a big challenge I wanted something big before I hit 30 because I'm 28 now I was like yeah that's pretty big (laughs) yeah I'm gonna do something for me that's also like self self self-sufficient because you know, right. I have always been like independent and then you get in a relationship and you get married and you're like become quite dependent and things. And like, I'm always like, oh, you know, something breaks or my bike breaks. I'm like, oh, can you fix this? You know, ask my <laughs> husband. And now I was like, right, I'm going to do this thing. And it's just going to be me, myself and I, and I need to learn how to survive. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Sorry. So I was just going to say this event was a self-supported event, which means okay. we don't get oh. help anyone. Okay. And you get from start to finish without having any personal help you fend, you find your own food you find your own shelter as you do it um so you know that's that, is that part of the fine print after the fact yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't I, I probably didn't read that <laughs> what no so, like, no like stopping areas to pick up food <laughs> yeah so that was probably a small print before I applied um but <laughs> so you do you you know you stop at shops or whatever and, and get your own resupply but you can have your mom or, or your husband or your friend help you in any way um okay good you could find places to stay as you went along or you could sleep like with most people slept in bus shelters in public toilets in the field somewhere just get a few hours sleep and get back on your bike it was that right. sort of that sort of um <laughs> crazy event yeah you just <laughs> a random cyclist laying around sleeping yeah yeah looking a bit homeless and people would just give you yeah. food for free so you're like oh great <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so when did you do it did you do that yes so I did it I didn't think I would but it was in July this year so I trained for six months with the coach and brought up my fitness you know it, was, it wasn't just the cycling it was um off the bike building strength getting my muscles conditioned so that I could be able yeah. to multiple days in a row I had to learn how to camp and bivy I never slept in a bivy bag or any of that in my life and like it was like sleeping in a bin bag with just no shelter and just being out in the open just learning how to fend for myself um on multiple days finding a bush to sleep in you know <laughs> I was I was head. reading a couple of your Instagram posts <laughs> like so glad there's no bears coming yeah yeah and I thought yeah I could not I was like I don't know how people do this and do around the world and, and go through Canada and there's bears and things because there's nothing really here in the UK that's going to kill you it's quite a pretty tame country like there's not much wildlife um but <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, yeah, I did that and I I managed to complete this race um in in the time that time so I did it in nine, nine days and two hours and 41 minutes oh, wow okay so before let's okay before we used to talk about the finish what yeah. did like your training look like for this like did you um how many hours a week were you working up to yeah. did you okay and then I have a question after that so so the work so the training for this was quite had to be built up quite gradually given where I was starting from. So when I I said six months um, to sort of get trained up for this event. So in the first sort of month or two, 
it was it wasn't many hours on the bike it would be like a two-hour bike ride on Saturday and Sunday and then in the week I would because I work a full-time job so it sort of worked with my coach because I work a nine to five thirty sort of job so I'd um, fit my training around that but it was two sessions of strength and conditioning so I'd be doing the press-ups and oh tricep dips and building my muscles um <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and, this, and their yeah. legs squats and yeah and an intense sort of turbo session on the bike doing working at different heart rate zones and just build you know getting my heart rate up and, and doing intervals and that sort of thing so I'd say in the first um in the first couple of months I was probably doing less than 10 hours a week um of training probably six to 10 hours and towards the end of that six months I think I was doing 30 hours a week um, of training because I would be doing 11 to 12 hour rides on a Saturday and a Sunday so consecutively multi-day rides at the weekend oh I see yeah I get it now 20 hours of riding on the weekend and then the other um, during <laughs> the, a few shorter sessions in the morning before work or in the evening um, after work <laughs> holy shit now um in the winter what's it like in Wales is it is it, it like Canada is it cold and wet or cold and I don't think you have you don't have snow so we don't have we don't get snow very often it maybe one 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 day in every few years but it is it's still cold and for me I grew up in Malawi which is in <laughs> southeast Africa and so yeah. I'm a tropical I'm a tropical baby so anything less than 10 degrees celsius is like is is arctic <laughs> 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 so so Wales in the winter is I mean yeah it gets the sort of um freezing so zero degrees we get frost and that sort oh, of thing okay. so I still right. had to train through that um certainly from January through April and even my first sort of overnight camp I remember waking up and there was snow and ice on my um on my bivy bag because it, it, it temperature dropped overnight so yeah <laughs> it was uh it was quite tough um trying to get out through the winter with my fingers freezing I just have very cold <laughs> fingers and, and feet <laughs> so yeah having to endure all of that <laughs> oh my gosh so all right you had to bike like 10 hours like 20 hours on the weekend yeah yeah so my life basically I, mean, I guess one of the sort of upsides of it was it was it was a year where we're still in lockdowns here in the UK and so I didn't really have much of a social life anyway at that point it was like oh we're still in lockdown and that was sort of the saving grace of I'm not missing out very much so earlier in the year I was like well what am I doing anyway we're in lock you know we're only allowed to exercise I can't go see friends <laughs> that's fine but as the summer approached and things started to open up a bit it was like oh sorry I can't come to your birthday <laughs> because I have to go ride my bike <laughs> for 12 hours a day <laughs> well what I would do feel is bad I'd, for me <laughs> yeah or I'd visit friends and family that lived across where I'd normally have taken a train or driven to see okay. them and actually make that a trip and say I'm going to cycle and stay there overnight and visit those friends and then cycle back home um yeah so that's go better 200k to see my in-laws and then cycle back home the next you're day like you're gonna what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can bike to your place and your husband yeah. meets you there. I mean, yeah, because my, my family still live in Malawi and they didn't really understand why I was doing this. You know, they were saying, you, I said, I, I text them like, oh, I cycled 200K today. And they'd say, aren't there buses in the UK? Isn't there any public transport you can take? Why are you, <laughs> why are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Especially, do they have bike? Did do they have bicycles in Malawi? Yeah, but they're more. Yeah, they are. But I guess it's bicycles are seen as more use for utilities. Like people be more. Um, yes, yeah, poorer people would have bicycles, and if you're if you're middle class or you're more affluent, that you'd be on a, in a car. Why would you cycle? That's how it's sort of viewed. Hey, 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 let's take a mini break because I have to tell you about this unique online cycling coaching program that's going to blow your mind. This is your fast and easy way to become a better and stronger cyclist by joining an online 16-week cycling training program geared towards improving cycling skills. My name is Sylvie Dow, your podcast host and Level 3 National Cycling Performance Coach. 
I have been coaching this unique 16-week program every winter since 2006. Why did I create this unique 16-week program? Winters were harsh and still are here in the region. No one likes or liked to work out alone in their basements until the world of online cycling really took off last year during COVID, which has been a game changer for cyclists worldwide. So why would you sign up to a 16-week online road cycling training skills program when you could be riding inside? Well, here's the thing. There's this little known thing called the four key pedal strokes. Hardly anyone is talking about, but when you learn and use them, you will see a huge difference in your cycling performance, not to mention improve, impressing your friends and yourself. First, why are you training on a trainer this winter anyways? What are your goals? Do you wanna get faster? Could it be moving from 18 kilometers an hour to 20 kilometers an hour? Do you wanna win that sprint? Are you looking to get stronger on the hills? Do you wanna now be the first to the top? not the last? Is it your endurance base building? Do you want to move into a faster ride group? Or maybe you're looking at getting into racing. Whatever the goals, they require specific skills that need to be taught and practiced in order to improve. I've coached over 500 cyclists in this program with a reported 5 to 20% increase in cycling fitness over the 16 weeks. Here are a couple of reasons that this program might be for you. You're still frustrated with climbing hills and keeping up with the pack. You like structure and scheduled training sessions. You like to train in your cycling zones. Your heart rate is all over the place. Possibly you want to optimize gear changing and learn a little bit more about that to become more efficient. You would like coaching feedback on technique and form. Joining a cycling skills program like the 16 week program can provide more benefits that will help drastically improve your cycling fitness through focused training in your heart rate zones, hill climbing, speed, endurance, while building up fitness through the 16 weeks of periodized winter and strength training program. Go to 16wkroadcycling.ca. That's 16wkroadcycling.ca for all the details and to join today. The program starts in December. Now, back to our episode. All right, so that's what, okay. So now let's talk about the event yeah, and getting through it. Cause I want to hear about this. <laughs> um, so the event um, was meant to be in the summer, but it, British summers are very disappointing. Um, <laughs> it started on the 4th of July and it was the most unseasonal torrential downpour on that day. Our start location was flooded essentially because we just, the heavens opened and we were all in our, you know, we just all in our summer gear because we were expecting a lovely two weeks of like, you know, <laughs> yeah, summer right. cycling <laughs> and we were completely <laughs> to the bone at the start, at the start line <laughs> of this event. And I thought, this isn't what I signed up for. This is going to be miserable. Um, everything was already so, I was carrying all my sleeping bag and all the kit and everything was just soaked through at the start. So anyway, <laughs> off, off we went and I thought, well, it can only get better because, you know, this is quite a crappy start to the event. Um, but the, those first four days of the event, it actually got worse. Like, I didn't think it could, but it was people, I know that the age, so the demographics of these events, I think it's mostly a lot of middle-aged men is the sort of yeah <laughs> common so it's 56 year olds they've got the money to, and the time to do to these sorts of things but and they've got loads of experience as well and a lot of them were saying these are the worst conditions some of us have ever cycled in it's just un, un, unknown and it's just like you know unheard of um so that was really rough so the first I remember in sort of the second day I'd just gotten so cold it was again it was summer but it was less than 10 degrees I'd been rained on for hours on end um it's road cycling so you're getting cars passing you and splashing you and I completely just had lost um the temperature in my hands couldn't shift my gears couldn't break and I was just borderline almost you know like why am I doing this this is yeah did, this is did a lot of people fall to hypothermia um I don't think 
I'm not that I know of, but I know a lot of people scratched. So didn't on that day, I think 10% of the field sort of stopped, quit the race. Um, oh my God. Of, no. Okay. Yeah. Like they just said, well, yeah, for various yeah. reasons, but yeah, I know. Yeah. So just people didn't continue. So that was really quite rough. And I think that's when I reached my low point. It was, I, I thought it would be like middle, you know, day three or four, but it was actually day two. And I thought, I just, it broke down. I, I stopped my I stopped my bike and I just went into this restaurant and I was in tears and I was like, I, this is miserable. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so cold and, you know, what, what do I do? I can't get back on my bike and just, yeah, trying to get through that. Um, but I was told, and the race organizers always advise, don't quit at night. So this was like in the evening. I was like, you know oh. what, I'm going <laughs> to, don't quit, don't make any decisions at night. So I was like, right, this is, I'm going to sleep, you know, stop now, find some place to sleep and see how I feel in the morning. And like, you know, just try and get on my bike in the morning and see how far I can get. And if I don't feel like it anymore, that's it. But if I can just get on my bike again in the morning, maybe things will be better. And that's what I did. Um, so I got on that bike and, and carried on and yeah, and things started to improve. Um, I had good days, you know, I had days where I was like, wow, there must be like just the wind on my back and just, I've got a sail on and flying. Oh and, gosh. <laughs> and those were, those were, there weren't many, but, um, I think it was one <laughs> or two days <laughs> where I felt You don't great. need many to like set that, you know, set, you know, get the wind in your sails again yeah. and just but keep going. Was, know yeah getting past things you never thought you would um and um yeah so so, so can you hear me all right yeah yeah you're back yeah. yeah so that so that carried on really those sort of highs and lows and and just manage managing to make it to the end um after all of that like dealing with the saddle sores and dealing with mouth ulcers and all the things that come with you know all the aches and pains every day was there was something different you know day one my lower back was killing me and then day two it was something else and <laughs> <laughs> thank god it shifted around right yeah yeah i wonder what's gonna hurt today and and the other day i, I didn't even like my feet because of just i wear i wear um you know the what clipless pedals they call them but the cleats yeah. and everything and yeah. just, I think the pressure point on that was just building. Mm -hmm. And I started developing these sort of almost like bunions <laughs> from cycling. And I was like, what is going on? Like my joints are clearly like under a lot of, a lot of stress, but it was just this, my body as well. My body ballooned. I thought I'm cycling. I'm going to get so slim and so slender. This is gonna <laughs> I'm going to be like summer bod ready. Yeah, that's right. No, <laughs> I put on six kilos. Of weight in that time and it was wa it was water weight I was I'd wake up and like my eyes were just just my face was swollen my whole body I looked at myself in the mirror like I can't recognize myself and I think my body just reacted really? to the way I was retaining so much water like I, I just couldn't recognize myself um oh my gosh yeah, and I thought, so I got to the finish and I remember my husband bringing my pair of jeans to the finish for me because he'd drove, driven over. I couldn't fit in and I wanted to cry. I, I was like, I've just cycled 2,000 bloody miles across the country and I can't fit into my jeans. Mini <laughs> jeans. You're like, oh, maybe it's my quads. I've got like... Yeah, maybe it's muscle. <laughs> in my quads. Yeah, but literally a week after that, that all just came, just came off me like that as well. So then that's you had the summer bod. Yeah, yeah, eventually got it. <laughs> <laughs> so is your husband still cycling? Yes, yes, he still cycles. Um, so I I now since since doing this event, like training for this event, he was more of a cyclist than I was. And then right. I stepped up my cycling training for this event and now he couldn't yeah. keep up and he was like, My goodness, I, I <laughs> Oh yeah. He was just yeah. like, Yeah, you can do that event. I'm just gonna hang over. <laughs> yeah so he did a lot of my training with me thankfully he came along um, a lot of my big rides and multi-day rides as I was training and he still um, cycles and we still have a tandem we've done some sort of uh, we've started doing some gravel um off-road tandem events and things like that just um <laughs> I've heard about those I'm like that's crazy because I I got I didn't get into tandem I um I rode a tandem a couple times with my daughter because she's yeah. um visually impaired 
and she was um, asked to join the Ontario um, para-athlete program. So they needed somebody to ride the tandem and we're just like looking at each other and like, uh, well, yeah, I, I guess I could because I can <laughs> ride bikes. I'm a coach. I'm, you know, yeah. and and she's gone through cycling programs and stuff. And but that was like strange. You know, the yeah. two of us <laughs> trying to like. like <laughs> you know what? I liked it. We did um we did a couple of long rides, and then I had to give the bike back. Um, she got another. She got a coach, so the bike basically went with her. But it was it was fun. It was fast. Yeah. Um, I love tandems. I think everyone should have a go at them. I absolutely I think everybody, should, I don't know if I would, um, necessarily keep riding a tandem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're my favorite bike to ride. I think that just the team, cause I come from a team sports background and for me it's yeah. teamwork and I work so much harder when I'm on it and it's, it's a good laugh. And I think it always makes people smile, which is what I love. Every time you go past people, they're like, Oh, tandem. <laughs> well, there's more of them coming around, Yeah, but I, I, I thought it was pretty in interesting hearing that like mountain bike tandems. I was like, uh, yeah, that is next level. So that's quite recent. So mostly it was road and it's like a whole different level of trust when you pick someone else's like, cause I, I'm on the back of the tandem. I prefer to be the stoker, but I can't see where it's going off road. You know, you're picking, you're in single track and you're like, Oh my gosh, like if I look, I'm going to like make the bike wobble. And it's, it's just a different trust game, but it's, it's yeah, I, I would, I would, yeah, I would imagine, yeah, especially like gravel, <laughs> but gravel would probably be really cool, like, you know, because you're more off, off-roading, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, I, I was like, what, tandem <laughs> gravel races? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so now, now that you've finished that, I guess it must have been, been felt great knowing that were you how many people finished it? Um, so, so it was about 140 people started the race. And I think about 100 people finished. Um, however, so the race had a long route. So that was the 2000 kilometer route. And then a shorter route, which I think was like 1200 kilometers. So about only 40 of us did the long route. Um, or, and other people either started the long route and then went on the short because of different reasons and things like that. So I did the full, the full long route, um, as well. <laughs> what do you mean? There's a shorter route. I could have done a shorter route. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so tempting at points where you knew you could cut out a whole section and be on the short route and that you had to then, no, I'm going to stick to what I planned, even though this is day four and I'm like going really slow. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about um, your advocacy, well, your advocacy, your your representation, like yeah. bringing more women into cycling. Talk. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so for me, um, I would say it's sort of, it's something I didn't, I sort of stumbled into, I guess, is I went, I um, put myself out on social media as a way to find community and find people, you know, because I thought, oh, there's got to be people, different people on their bikes and things. Um, and, and so I thought I just put my stories out there and share it with people and hope that, you know, other people see it, get in touch or someone gets inspired because I don't see a lot of, um, black women where I am cycling. And I'm like, I love cycling. It's amazing. There are, there are black people in the, in these communities, but they're just not getting on their bikes, you know, and is it people just to give people that, um, sometimes people need to see things to be able to feel confident enough to do them themselves. And so that was part of the reasons, like if I just share my story, maybe someone will be influenced and, and feel like, oh, I can see myself in them. Maybe I might give this a go sort of thing. Um, and so that was the purpose of sort of starting to put myself out there um, on, on social media and sort of, I just grew that community from there and started um, basically finding out about other groups and other people and building a community through that. So we've got a collective here called the Women of Color Cycling Collective that, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm now a part of that started, I think probably a year before I joined. And again, that's this, this community that's helping to encourage people from 
um, from different backgrounds um, to get into cycling. And we, you know, we chat about the barriers to it, what are the challenges and just try and help each other out. Um, and so, yeah, so, so, that, so that's one part of it is sort of being, you know, a spokesperson or just being a, a member of these groups and, and just being basically just being myself out there. I'm not going out preaching on a soapbox to do this. I'm, I'm just trying to do things and continue what I'm doing sharing it and in the process um hoping to get more more people there um when I won the scholarship that I mentioned a big part of it for me was showcasing to people that we can do it you know what I mean I was so adamant I was like I've won this they've given me that I need to prove you know I need to prove to people that we can do it because again I was the only woman of color in this whole in this whole race um and if I hadn't won the scholarship or the scholarship hadn't existed there'd have been nobody doing that you know and so my, through my throughout my training I shared almost every detail I was telling people I'm doing the F, my FTP test this is what I'm working on and just taking everyone on this journey to show that you can come from a leisure cyclist and do this ultra event you know no matter who you are and 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 just um getting um more people more people of color to come out and get on their bikes and, and challenge themselves as well have you um grown that collective? Are there now more women of color close to you that are riding? Have you seen like an influx or is it more like of a global yes, um, it's awareness? More a, yeah, so I'd say, um, so that collective has grown, but I think it's quite centered. So I'm based in Wales, um, in Cardiff, Wales. Um, and that collective is more centered around London. So that it has grown oh, around. Oh, the I see. Okay. It's grown around the country and, um, I, I am seeing more, but again, perhaps not, doesn't feel as local yet. It's still like national, from a national level, I am coming across more. There's a lot more initiatives. For example, the scholarship, the person that came up with it is now gone into a second year and I'm going to be a mentor for the oh, new cool. scholarship winner and the deadline for the applications tomorrow. And so whoever comes into it, they're now getting my mentorship, oh. having been through this process. Um, and yeah, so my sort of, for me, I, I'm, and getting invited to events and attending these events and speaking at events and you know basically advising people this is how you need to engage with people get more people of of color into these spaces you're you're preaching to the choir you're advertising to the same people you know trying to work with um organizers and different people giving them ideas of how do you diversify how do you you know we are out there but sometimes we're not being reached you know events aren't really advertising to to those groups and so the things that I get involved in um, and, and, and just getting word out to, to different groups and getting um, increasing that diversity. You know, I think that's the same here because if I think of our membership over the last 13 years, yeah. I want to say maybe there have been a handful of women of color who joined and rode. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. So and I think, and I think the other thing, I think the next stage level is just to get, because um, what's disappointing for me is I go to my club, I do like the club events and, and I turn up and sometimes there are a group of kids that were doing a session beforehand and you look amongst them and there's not a single person of color. So you're like, oh, this is going to continue for a long time. If, you know, it needs to start, you know, pa parents need to get their kids. So we need to get, we need to get you know, black women, black men cycling. And when they have kids, they're going to get their kids going into these events and things like that. Um, yeah. Do you think those kids are doing other things like football, basketball? Yeah, possibly. Um, but I don't know. Is it, is that pretty predominant? But I think there's, um, still, there's quite a high degree of underrepresentation in a lot of sports and outdoor sports, eh? activity in general. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad in cycling. I mean, partly because cycling is not a cheap um, sport as well. And there's a so social sort of um, thing. Definitely not cheap like, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, you need a bike to cycle, whereas, you know, things like football or running, perhaps, you know, you just, you need your pair of trainers, you, you can get going. But even in those spaces, even in running, I, I did my, I did a 10K race there. I hate running, but I thought I challenged myself. And uh, <laughs> I did I'm with you. a running event the other week. And, and, and it was, I think there were like three, 4,000 runners there. And I'm, I must've seen two black people 
running other than myself genuinely there might have been more but like it was that do you know what I mean so it's 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 widespread um and I think and I think a big part of that is that representation is seeing role models and and people that you can and it's it's funny because I you know in the past year of doing this I've had people message me on Instagram saying oh my gosh you know like I would have never thought of doing this and now I'm giving this a go because I saw you oh, and, awesome. and yeah and, and that's great you know like some people we're all different you know I'm I've always I've always just gone and done my own thing I don't necessarily need to see that but we're all different and sometimes people need to see that they need to see that they belong or there's someone there that's doing that and they're like oh yeah just as you know as women we see the more women that take part in something we're like oh my gosh yeah we can do this too you know yeah. and <laughs> and it's just, it's just that empowerment and I think that's starting to take hold now we're seeing um more people be confident to sort of uh, give things go yeah no that's true and I and I yeah I was just thinking around here like how how we could um boost that visibility because I, I don't know what it was like in the UK but in yeah. like where I am it was like a boost of cyclists yeah you know just more people and they just came out of the woodwork it was almost like crazy um so now what do you what's now it's October what's your next year's oh just a second before I go on to that was that ultra distance award was that a first timer? Were you the first one to, so that yeah. they had just created it? Yeah, they just created it. Oh, that's exciting. I was the first recipient, yeah, of it. <laughs> oh, very cool. So is that put on through the government? No, no. So this is, um, literally, it was a person, one person, her name is Taylor Doyle. She's actually from Ontario, I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right well you have to connect us <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll mention taylor so she she worked for a bike company um in london okay and so she came up she birthed this idea and then started connect, um, contacting sponsors and people like could you sponsor some wheels and we'll put together like getting different companies to buy into it and, and basically fund it um because it you know it obviously required money to provide all these things so yeah so if somebody wanted to participate yeah how much would it cost like where you are um well for so, that event well the event itself you're talking about it was probably about 400 pounds um I don't know what that is in dollars but um yeah I'd say close to 500 US dollars entry for the event but obviously there's everything else around it so for example the scholarship I got that was valued at 10,000 pounds oh. which would be you know several yeah even more in, in, in US dollars, yeah. and that's because yeah there's the coaching there's mm -hmm. so many things around it because you know um the yeah the bike, the bike and the gear yeah the, right. I mean like old. those three things there's your ten thousand dollars exactly, exactly so this year again um same person but it's a different bike company leading it and there's loads of other companies pitching in with different things so so I got an amazing bike I would have never afforded if I could had to pay for it myself because it had all the had all the trinkets I had a dynamo there you know charging my my um my bike computer so that I didn't run out of charge on this multi-day thing I had you know it was really really lovely um had all the yeah, high-end gear yeah so it's not a government thing so it's literally it's all sort of say grassroots but it's starting with with people um and I think a lot of it happened in the wake of um, the George Floyd um, um, oh, okay. last year. There's a lot of yeah. movements, a lot of industries, um, certainly here in the UK, to do more to increase well, that that's... inclusivity. And I think a lot of that was sort of birthed from that. And it's what can mm -hmm. we do? We need to, you know, rather than just putting black squares on Instagram, we need to take active steps to help. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So literally, that's that's how it started, um, and that's what it is. It's just a, a few companies pooling together resources coming up with this thing and, and and targeting those groups that are not really well represented in that area oh, um, love it so it's on for another year same yeah. route um no different so it's a different race now different route so they're picking a different race and this is even harder this coming year it's called the gb duro which is termed the uk's toughest um endurance event so this is now mine was a road event this one is off-road oh so, yeah pretty tough uh, staged enduro race and it's uh, and again it goes um <laughs> you're like 
thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it looks like it's pretty tough and they're giving the recipient a lot more time than I had. I think that's why the scholarship entry closed um, yeah, tomorrow and then, you know, we're looking at the applications next week and picking a winner so they get on their training program pretty quickly. Oh, by November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's like, oh my God, do I want to sit on my trainer longer? <laughs> yeah, and that's going to be um, next for next summer. Don't even tell so me July. about July. Yeah, I just spent six hour six hour turbo session. I remember in February trying to because I was just miserable and cold out, and I had to be on my my static trainer indoors for six hours. <laughs> oh God, well, I did one session like that with a group of girls for I was seven and a half hours. We did like oh. 150 like um, a, a double century. Yeah. and but we organized it so it wasn't just like oh I'm gonna do that this weekend and I'm like oh my god I, like sitting on the trainer for that long and it, like by yourself there's like 12 of us online yeah. like on uh, we were on Swift and we are yeah. also in a a Facebook group chat so we could see each other we could yeah. chat so it went by really quick and other people popped in said hey how you doing so yeah. that was kind of um thankful <laughs> but I'm like uh I'm glad I did it but I would never yeah. <laughs> do that again <laughs> well I, I never say never um I can be convinced to do lots of things um I did uh an eight hour gravel race for my very first gravel ever event kind of like gravel ride <laughs> yeah okay you sound a bit like me because I so I did this race um, and then I signed before I even did the race I'd been someone was like do you want to do this gravel race event about a week after I'm due to finish this endurance event and I'm never I've never ridden gravel stuff and I basically signed up for a gravel race for a week after I finished the ultra endurance race <laughs> when I'm meant to be recovering um so yeah, that like you want to sit on your bike again <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh and how what how did it go yeah, it went all right. I mean, I survived, but I just felt like, you know, when you're working hard, but there's nothing in your legs. And I'm like, okay, I think my body's fatigued. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I feel beat up right now. Yeah, I was, I was, really, I was really slow, but I did it anyway. <laughs> that's, yeah. So, so that's why, like, I ended my summer like that. Cause my girlfriend's like, hey, this looks really cool. Anybody want to do it? I'm like, hey, that looks fun. <laughs> Sign me up. Um, and it was nice because it's like, you know, it was four hours away. It was kind of like, it was, it was an eight hour race, but it was a 27 kilometer loop. So you had okay. to do the 27 kilometers as many times as you could yeah. in the time. And you could, that you could come back to your camp, change out clothes, eat. So it was cool. Cause you just come through stop for, and every time I got off my bike, I'm like, Oh, oh my God. Like insane. literally like couldn't stand but yeah. um but I'm 20 years older than you so so I'm you've like, got that's more my excuse <laughs> but I loved it and I'm just like uh <laughs> we need to do more of those and I think I will put it on my my calendar for next year because the thing is that if you wanted to do three laps you could do three laps if yeah. you wanted to do four I mean the fastest girls did seven wow yeah that's 30 kilometers an hour like wow. on gravel yeah so just like it, it gives it gives you and it gives you a really good feel for like what people are doing. It was in September, yeah. so you could ultimately train fairly well for that. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, it was a ton of fun. But it it got me thinking about more things like that. Yeah. And then I I see you. So let's talk about your camping quickly. Um, yeah. like, have you been doing more? like weekend trips now like since yeah. you finished yeah. and how was that going like tell me talk to me about that um I'm loving it so again because of working full-time it's just where can I fit you know adventure um A damn work yeah damn work so I've, I used to use up all my annual leave doing this race and, <laughs> and <laughs> all. so I've been um so since that it's just I've just got the bug now to be outdoors so I've been doing long weekends um doing multi-day rides some famous routes in the country um mm -hmm. and a lot of off-road riding so now I'm sort of veering towards the off-road world just to be away from cars because cars can be just a pain and just you yeah. know what I mean having to uh -huh. worry about how they're passing you whereas you can just switch off 
when you're on gravel um, or mountain biking. So yeah, just doing a lot, a, a lot more of that and being self-sufficient. I just, I'm enjoying that, just getting up from home, carrying everything you need, your food, your little stove, making a meal, you know, wild camping um, and uh, yeah. Um, and, and that's been great. So really, a lot of weekends this summer that's what I've, I've spent my time doing your husband doing that with you too yeah yeah so we've been doing that yeah so sometimes it's on our individual bikes um because um, right, you got the tandem yeah yeah so sometimes is that, it's better, on the is that better for packing stuff on the tandem no because you've no. got half the space <laughs> it's right. stuff, and I love packing things and then I, I regret it because I have to carry it all up the hills when I'm cycling but um no tandems don't have much room because <laughs> you cannot put the same number of panniers on the back as you would on a normal bike so you've got half the do you know what I mean you've only got one rack on the back for example so um whereas if you've got your own bikes you've each got space on the back to do that um well, yeah your point yeah, yeah. you can yeah. split up your uh, gear yeah unless you get a trailer um so yeah so that's so that's where I'm at now um I don't know if you're, you're going to ask me about pans and things, but I'll, I'll leave that. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, oh, oh pans? No, you were asking me about plans for, for uh, I'll start oh, to talk plans. plans, but I was like, I'll leave that for now. <laughs> plans for the future. Well, I don't know if you have like a defined goal for next year. Cause yeah, that's what I was saying. Like it's, it's that time of year. If you're mm. a planner, yeah, this is, and this is a lot of what I've been talking about on my podcast and everything is like, how are you going to set up? Like, what are you thinking about? How are you going to set up your winter training, put it, making it realistic so that you don't get burnt out by May, you know, yeah. <laughs> things like that. But yeah. do you have like, um, like a big goal for next year? Like a big, um, not yet. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not much of a big planner. I sort of like to have that flexibility. So I've got, you know, things in my mind, but I like to see how things sort of go on. I've got a general, like, I'd love to do a big, uh, a big event off-road so now I've done the big road thing do something more gravel and there are a few events that I've been hearing about and people doing I'm like oh that looks interesting uh, I was watching a lot of the women a lot of women doing the Torino Nice rally um there's this um, woman called Lyle Wilcox she's got like the she's got she won the Trans Am or something um the other year but she's she's from the US um but they were yes yeah. but she came across Europe and it's this lovely rally um across Italy um and that looks really good mm. um so I've got sort of some idea of event um ideas of events in mind I haven't signed up for anything yet I think part of it's also the apprehension of it's been a COVID 18 months and everything just gets mm. cancelled and things and you're like I don't want to like hype myself up to something that's nine months 12 months away and then I have no idea what's going to happen between now and then so my plan fitness wise now is I don't want to lose that fitness that I built over the summer so I you know I've started noticing dropping off because winter's getting here and it's like oh it's really dark I don't want to go out um so now I've actually got a session um this evening with um the lady that was my coach um, to start doing some goal setting and make sure I've got at least a plan over winter. So I get, you know, they yeah. say winter smiles for summer smiles. So I want to make sure I sort of keep that fitness, that base level of fitness through the winter. And then I'm ready to sign up. You know, if I, if there's an event coming, I'm not having to come from the bottom to get to that level of fitness. I can just supplement it a bit and, and do it for that. So, so yeah, certainly now through sort of February, I want to be you know, doing a lot of stuff in Zwift and, and doing all these power workouts and things um, just to be ready for adventures. Again, for me, the biggest thing isn't, you know, the speed or whatever. I just, the reason I love the ultra distance cycling is it's an adventure. It's seeing places, it's experiencing things at a, a, a lovely pace and things. So, so all of my cycling is often very like, even though I'm doing races, I don't, I'm not really racing them. <laughs> I'm not like, you know, racing to be first. I'm, racing myself to always improve but ultimately it's, 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 it's just enjoying the experience as well you know like trying like a a night like you know an out and back kind of event then I I mentioned it to my daughter she's 11 I'm like wouldn't it be great if you and me went and she's like uh no I'm like 
come on we don't have to go very meant to be that way when they're teenagers if she's 11 (laughs) i'm trying to get it before she becomes a teenager you know what i mean like i'm like well your friend she's younger than you and she did with her mom she's like yeah uh, the best and i think i want to try just fitting in fun and school night adventures that's my next thing is mm -hmm. can i you know finish work at five cycle as far as i can go somewhere camp do something there and then get up in the morning and you know have my quick breakfast there and cycle back home um in time for work so fitting in some just just to stir things up a bit you know fitting things in in the weeknight um, oh that sounds like that could be fine you don't necessarily have to camp you can go to a airbnb yeah, or like a of, yeah it's along the lines of micro adventures which have become quite popular is it's you know, oh. I know people, people have busy lives and not everyone can take off you know, a, a year to cycle the world or, but it's mm-hmm. fitting where you can. Um, yeah. A, a bit of fun. And, and yeah, and that's, that's going to be fun to do. <laughs> okay. So tying it all together, is there any place that you want people to go to find you or to find about the collective? Is there somewhere that um, is a good place for anybody globally who wants to see what you're doing or be a part of it yeah so um instagram is where i normally um am okay. at so um i think you mentioned my handle earlier which is pedal yeah. pedal to and fro um and um and then there are several groups that i'm a part of um as i mentioned the women of color cycling collective which is wccc um um, hi, uh, underscore UK. That's a, again a, collect, a collective of um, Black and minority ethnic women who are doing amazing things in in the world of cycling. A lot of them are leaders in their fields. Some of them, yeah, yeah. just um, just people who are doing a lot of things in their communities. Um, and other groups like Ride for Unity. Again on Instagram, that's Ride and then the number four Unity. Um, yeah. Um, so. Normally, I, I yeah, I'd share um, a lot of things on there from from these different groups that I'm part of, and they're all just focused on diversifying the sport of cycling and make you know showing that it's for everyone and getting people together and organizing um, things and chats online and just getting everyone involved. I think that would be great because um, you know having a cycling club, maybe yeah. I'm not doing enough to. Um, I'm, I know you can definitely be doing more, right. And, and then what can I do to, you know, find those ladies and introduce them to cycling and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, that's amazing. So what we'll do is we'll add those links to the show notes because they're not in your current in, um, in the information that I have right now and, uh, but they can always follow you on Instagram at pedaling to and fro and follow me you can always message me and i can get in touch with her at sylvie Dao underscore cyclist and with that this has been amazing what a great experience you should just go do the new race next year <laughs> i know I, I do want to actually i was like can i, can I, can I, can I, can I was, i'm like <laughs> I was like, can I apply for the scholarship again? I want another bike and I want to do this. Like, no, you have to pay now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'll find myself doing it. Um, but yeah, I just encourage people to just, yeah, just challenge themselves and try something. Cause I didn't, I didn't think I'd get to the end of that. I'd get to the start, let alone the finish of it, given where I was. The biggest and, challenge is getting to the start of the race. Yeah. Yeah. But the most part, yeah. and all of that, it just made everything suddenly like seem achievable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we we might just have to bring you back next September to see what you've been up to. Seriously, yeah. what could happen in a year? A lot of stuff. Yeah. So thanks so much, Vera, for being a guest on the podcast. So appreciate you. And thanks to our listeners. Appreciate you guys to keep sharing like I was just saying before, um, on my podcast or my episodes that we're almost close to, we're looking for 10,000 downloads, um, not 10,000, 100,000 downloads before the new year. And we're at 70. So hopefully this one will, we could share with a lot of people and, uh, and get us there and, you know, just spread the word. 
thank you so much Sally, for having me it's been a pleasure you're welcome thanks Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review, if you feel so moved, by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment, telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.